Welcome to Manna for Breakfast, the daily Bible reading devotional which chronologically takes you through the Word of God from Genesis to Revelation in one year. Grab a cup of coffee and your Bible and join us as we journey together through God's Word. Good morning. I am finally back live now. This morning, uh, we just got all the kids to vacation Bible school. Let me turn that off. And we, um, I, I went out and picked them up, drove them in. And cool. We got a couple of van fulls of kids. They seem excited. I was able to drop them off and uh, decided to run over here and do our little manna for breakfast. And then I'll go back and help them. So Hopefully, we'll get some pictures out that the Albuquerque team is here working, and they will be themselves sending out videos and pictures. So maybe I'll get some of those. So let's look over to this day in trivia. So anyway, every day, I'm guessing this week, we'll probably get started around this time, 10, 10.30. I don't know, because I didn't have to go there, set up, pick up the kids, come back. So be looking for that. Doesn't matter for you guys on the podcast. Later. Um, here's the first question. How many sheep does it take to make a sweater? And the answer, just one, but you got to teach it how to knit. <laughs> Ain't that a stitch? <laughs> okay. Um, those who mind don't matter. And those who matter don't mind. Bernard M. Baruch said that. Those who mind don't matter. Those who matter don't mind. Pretty interesting. Mm, today is Pioneer Day, celebrated in Utah. Mm, I don't know what kind of pioneers they're talking about there, but not the right kind in my mind. Mm, home with bricked up windows. Windows tax repealed. Okay, this is 1851 on July 24th. The window tax of England is repealed, having been first levied in 1696. Some houses of the era would brick up windows in order to avoid the tax. The window tax was originally levied in lieu of an income tax, which was strongly opposed, as the people saw, revealing your income and intrusion of government into your private lives. Mm, amen to that. Windows were seen as a sign of wealth. Therefore, the more windows you had, the more you were taxed. The window tax itself was opposed on the ground that it was a tax on light and air. The Scottish window tax was also abolished at the same time. Hmm. Fans have a blast. July 24th, 1993, Vince Coleman of New York Mets tosses an explosive equivalent to a quarter stick of dynamite at fans after the game injuring three people. Gosh. Okay. Oh, I love this one. Tires recalled for blasphemy. July 24th, 1992, Japanese tire manufacturer uh, Yokohama Rubber Company makes a recall after it was discovered that their computer-designed tread resembled the Islamic word for Allah. <laughs> oh, gosh. Uh, yeah, okay. And I guess that's good enough. For, for now, we will move into the word for today. Father God, thank you for bringing us together. I ask that you would guide, guide us and help those who will be listening later just to have enough time alone without distractions, to be able to hear your word, to be able to receive it. In Jesus' name, amen. So let's go into Psalm 89, the Lord's covenant 
with David. The Lord's covenant with David and Israel's afflictions. A masculine of Ethan the Ezraite. Ethan was a songwriter. This is David's worship leader sitting down with his lyre, deciding to write a song. It's pretty neat to think about this. And here's the lyrics to the word. I will sing of the loving kindness of the Lord forever. To all generations, I will make known your faithfulness with my mouth. For I have said, loving kindness will be built up forever. In the heavens, you will establish your faithfulness. I have made a covenant with my chosen. I have sworn to David, my servant, I will establish your seed forever and build up your throne to all generations. Selah. The heavens will praise your wonders, O Lord, your faithfulness also in the assembly of the holy ones. For who in the skies is comparable to the Lord? Who among the sons of the mighty is like the Lord? A God greatly feared in the council of the holy ones and awesome above all those who are around him. The Lord God of hosts who is like you, almighty Lord, your faithfulness also surrounds you. You rule in the swelling of the sea. When its waves rise, you still them. You yourself crushed Rahab like one who was slain. You scattered your enemies with your mighty arm. The heavens are yours. The earth also is yours. The world and all it contains, you have founded them. The north and the south, you have created them. Tabor and Hermon shout for joy at your name. You have a strong arm. Your hand is mighty and your right hand is exalted. Righteousness and justice are the foundation of your throne. Loving kindness and truth go before you. How blessed are the people who know the joyful sound. Oh Lord, they walk in the light of your countenance. In your name, they rejoice all the day. And by your righteousness, they are exalted. For you are the glory of their strength. And by your favor, our horn is exalted. And our shield belongs to the Lord and our king to the Holy One of Israel. Once you spoke in vision to your godly ones and said, I have given help to one who is mighty. I have exalted one chosen from the people. I found David, my servant. With my holy oil, I have anointed him with whom my hand will be established. My arm also will strengthen him. The enemy will not deceive him, nor the son of wickedness afflict him. But I shall crush his adversaries before him and strike those who hate him. My faithfulness and my loving kindness will be with him. And in my name, his horn will be exalted. I also will set his hand on the sea and his right hand on the rivers. He will cry to me, you are my father, my God, the rock of my salvation. I also shall make him my firstborn, the highest of the kings of the earth. My loving kindness I will keep for him forever. And my covenant shall be confirmed in him. So I will establish his descendants forever and his throne as the days of heaven. If his sons forsake my law and do not walk in my judgments, if they violate my statutes and do not keep my commandments, then I will punish their transgression with the rod and their iniquity with stripes. But I will not break off my loving kindness from him nor deal falsely in my faithfulness. My covenant I will not violate, nor will I after the utterance of my lips. Once I have sworn by my holiness, I will not lie to David. His descendants shall endure forever. 
and his throne as the sun before me. And it shall be established forever like the moon. And the witness in the sky is faithful. Selah. But you have cast off and rejected. You have been full of wrath against your anointed. You have spurned the covenant of your servant. You have profaned his crown in the dust. You have broken down all his walls. You have brought his strongholds to ruin. All who pass along the way plunder him. He has become a reproach to his neighbors. You have exalted the right hand of his adversaries. You have made all his enemies rejoice. You also turn back the edge of his sword, and you have not made him stand in battle. You have made his splendor to cease and cast his throne to the ground. You have shortened the days of his youth. You have covered him with shame. Selah. How long, O Lord, will you hide yourself forever? Will your wrath burn like fire? Remember what my span of life is. For what vanity you have created all the sons of men. What man can live and not see death? Can he deliver his soul from the power of Sheol? Selah. Where are your former loving kindnesses, O Lord, which you swore to David in your faithfulness? Remember, O Lord, the reproach of your servants, how I bear in my bosom the reproach of all the many peoples, with which your enemies have reproached, O Lord, which they have reproached the footsteps of your anointed. Blessed be the Lord forever. Amen and amen. Now, if you were going to sing that song, how many verses do you think that would be? That is quite a song. This worship leader of David is obviously writing this as a worship song for David because David had many songs himself. And he's writing on behalf of David and talking about God's anointed. God blessed David and brought him in to Israel to be his anointed king, the firstborn the standard for what all kings should be. And he says, I've established this covenant. I'll never break it. Why this is so important is because it's so messianic, obviously, because the Messiah is going to come through the line of David through the kingship, and he needed to have the royal line. He needed to be both the high priest, he needed to be from the, from the priestly line, but also from the kingly line, of which... Uh, David was both, but we both have in other chronological orders the uh, also the priestly line established. So it was important for that fact, and also that God has plans to use David again. It would seem in the millennium that David is going to be reseated on his throne. Interesting study. Not everybody agrees with that, but he keeps talking. God through John and uh, keeps talking about the throne of David. A time in the millennium. So this is, it's, um, it's a guarantee from God. I'm going to carry out my plan of salvation through David. Even if his sons are bad, I'll chastise them. I'll do with them. Certainly he did. What did he did with Solomon at the end of his life, with Rehoboam and on, many of them he dealt with severely, taking them eventually into captivity in Babylon. But they continued on. And God is not finished with Israel. Pretty exciting. Uh, that's about it on that. Let's uh, move on to Psalm 92. Praise for the Lord's goodness. A psalm, a song for the Sabbath day. It is good to give thanks to the Lord and to sing praises to your name, O Most High, to declare your loving kindness in the morning and your faithfulness by night. With the 
ten-stringed lute and with the harp. With resounding music upon the lyre, for you, O Lord, have made me glad by what you have done. I will sing for joy at the works of your hands. How great are your works, O Lord. Your thoughts are very deep, and senseless man has no knowledge, nor does the stupid man understand this. And when the wicked sprouted up like grass, and all who did iniquity flourished, it was only that they might be destroyed forever. But you, O Lord, are on high forever. For behold, your enemies will perish. All who do iniquity will be scattered. But you have exalted my horn like that of a wild ox. I have been anointed with fresh oil, and my eye has looked exultantly upon my foes. My ears hear with the evildoers who rise up against me, and the righteous man will flourish like the palm tree and will grow like a cedar in Lebanon. Planted in the house of the Lord, they will flourish in the courts of our God. They will still yield fruit in old age. They shall be full of sap and very green to declare that the Lord is upright. He is my rock. There is no unrighteousness in him. So this again sounds like it's almost the same author writing for David. We don't know who wrote this, but uh, he writes about himself and he writes about the one who's joined it, uh, anointed and chosen and these kind of things. The, the meditation, the thoughts of the Sabbath, certainly looking ahead at the Sabbath rest when sin is dealt with. There seems to be some indication of looking backwards, even at the creation and God's Sabbath rest of, at the end of creation as well. But the Lord is upright and this psalmist knows he's the rock. There is no unrighteousness in him. He is going to bring us into that beautiful time of rest. And this would be good to know for those living back then in very turbulent times. And for us, Philippians 3. Finally, my brethren, rejoice in the Lord to write the same things again. is no trouble to me. And it is a safeguard for you. Beware of the dogs. Beware of the evildoers. Beware of the false circumcision. For we are the true circumcision who worship in the Spirit of God and glory in Christ Jesus and put no confidence in the flesh, although I myself might have confidence even in the flesh. If anyone else has a mind to put confidence in the flesh, I far more circumcised on the eighth day of the nation of Israel and of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of Hebrews, as to the law, a Pharisee, as to zeal, persecutor of the church, as to righteousness which is in the law found blameless. But whatever things were gained to me, those things I have counted as loss for the sake of Christ. More than that, I count all things to be loss in view of the surpassing value of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things and count them but rubbish, so that I may gain Christ and I may be found in him, not having any righteousness of my own delivered from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness which comes from God on the basis of faith, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection, and the fellowship of his suffering, being conformed to his death, in order that I may attain to the resurrection of the dead. Not that I've already obtained it, or have already become perfect, but I press on, so that I may lay hold of that which also was laid hold of by Christ Jesus. Brethren, I do not regard myself as having laid hold of it, yet one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and reaching forward, to what lies ahead, I press on towards the goal of the price of the upward call of God 
in Christ Jesus. Let us therefore, as many as are perfect, have this attitude. If in anything you have a different attitude, God will reveal it to you. However, let us keep living by the same standard to which you have attained. Brethren, join in my following, my example, and observe those who walk according to the pattern you have in us. For many walk, of whom I often told you, and now tell you even in weeping, that they are enemies of the cross of Christ, whose end is destruction, whose goal is their appetite, and whose glory is in their shame, who set their minds on earthly things. For our citizenship is in heaven, from which also we eagerly wait for the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who will transform the body of our humble state into conformity with the body of his glory by the exertion of the power that he has even to subject all things to himself. So Paul's push in this chapter that, that, I mean, the big thing he's trying to say is, look, guys, it's not by works. He was the guy that was saying, look, I was the example of how to be righteous by my works, how to be saved by works. I was a Pharisee, super-duper Jew, persecuted the church, blameless according to keeping the law. I did it all. He said, but I had the confidence in the flesh, being a part of Christ, the circumcision to say, I am sealed in this, this covenant of works to do these things before God. And he says, I count all that as rubbish. I f- found out that it's, none of that works. What works is salvation by faith in Jesus Christ. Now, chapter three, you know how Peter says, some things Paul writes are hard to understand. This is one of those chapters where people read it. I read this chapter as a young believer and I took it completely the opposite direction. I misunderstood it. And therefore, I I said, well, Paul says, I've not yet laid hold of that which laid hold of me. Therefore, I press on to to try and obtain this. And I'm saying, here's Paul. He's not sure of his salvation. Paul's going, I don't think I've laid hold of it yet, but I'm going to keep doing what I can, striving for to to do the best I can to be saved. Not what he's saying. I remember the first time I shared that in a Bible study (laughs) with a bunch of Christians. They all looked at me and go, no, it's not what you're saying. Now, let me explain to him. And I was just going, why are these people getting so upset about this? Well, you know, they weren't really upset, but they were very concerned that I had that view. Because I said, I'm not sure of my salvation. How can I be sure? That? How can anybody be sure of their salvation? Uh, I didn't think I was worthy of it. But anyway, verse 15, he says, as many as you who are perfect have this attitude. The key is the attitude. As many of you as perfect. What he's saying is, those of us who believe by faith are now, the idea of perfect is to be made complete. We don't, he's not using it the same way we use it. Those of you have been made complete, you've been made complete in your salvation. Talking to these Philippians, you are saved. You guys, you know you're saved. And these Jews are coming in saying, you've got to go back to law and do all these crazy things to be right with God. You're, you've been made complete in Christ. Christ lives in you, he dwells in you, but have this attitude in you that I want to, as we saw yesterday, I want to work out my salvation. I want to, and the better way that's always helped me to think about this, because that's confusing too, is to just change the wordage a little bit. It makes complete sense, and I believe it's, it's correct. I want my salvation to be let out, to work itself out of me in front of other people. It's not that you're working to gain the salvation, but you're, you're letting it go, letting it loose. I am saved. I know where I'm going. All these people around me aren't going there. 
and many of them are hurting. Many of them want to know the truth, as I did. I remember when I was searching, I'm going to let it out and share the love of God. I'm going to let the Holy Spirit reach out to them. Not an easy thing for some of us inverts. I'm an invert. Not an, It's like, not, I don't think about, hey, my neighbor over there is walking across the street. I'm going to go share the Lord. Not my nature. But the scripture verses comes into my mind, and the scripture verses come back and say, hey, as many of you as are saved, been made complete, have this attitude that I'm going to press forward to lay hold of that which is laid hold of me, the grace of God which has overwhelmed me. I'm going to press forward to let that out and affect other people. I think that's the right way to look at this, this chapter. Paul is encouraging them. You know theologically what he's encouraging them is to know that it's not by works. So don't let it flip on you. The enemy would love to flip that, and Catholics and, and Protestant denominations take this the other way around like I did and get all confused in their minds. Probably spent more time on that than I needed to, but it was a real issue for me when I was a young Christian, and um, it took me a long time, years, I would say three years until I finally got it in my mind, you know what? I am secure in Christ. I know I'm secure. I don't have to try and lay hold of my salvation and keep working towards it. I already have it. So it's important. Don't let that be that issue in your life. All right, Charles Spurgeon. And their sins and iniquities will I remember no more, Hebrews 10, 17. According to his gracious covenant, the Lord treats his people as if they had never sinned. Practically, he forgets all their trespasses. Sins of all kinds he treats as if they had never been, as if they were quite erased from his memory. Oh, miracle of grace, God here doth that which in certain aspects is impossible to him. His mercy worketh miracles which far transcend all the other miracles. Our God ignores our sin now, and the sacrifice of Jesus has ratified the covenant. We may rejoice in him without fear that he will be provoked to anger against us because of our iniquities. See, he puts us among the children. He accepts us as righteous. He takes delight in us if we were perfectly holy. He even puts us into places of trust. He makes us guardians of his honor, trustees of his crown jewels, stewards of his gospel. He counts us worthy. He gives us a ministry. This is the highest and most special proof that he does not remember our sins. Even when we forgive an enemy, we are very slow to trust him. We judge it to be imprudent to do so. But the Lord forgets our sins and treats us as if we had never erred. Oh, my soul, what a promise this is. Believe it and be happy. <laughs> Good way to end today. Let's do that before the Lord our God. So, Father, we are rejoicing before you. We are happy, we are blessed, we thank you for your love and your, your grace which you are constantly pouring out on us. So God, we just ask that you would um, help us to recall these things, know the value of our salvation, never turn away from it, and know that there's always, always the morning, that your mercies are new every morning, that we can pick ourselves up we can ask your forgiveness, we can repent of the sin and walk out into the sunlight. Thank you, Father, for that. Thank you for what you're doing. I ask you to bless the, um, bless the VBS just enormously. Use the kids, God. May they form not only friendships one with another, but with our youth team, with all of the workers and the servers. May their hearts be strengthened 
and and the kids there see the love of these American kids and may be contagious and may they want to be like them, want to grow up and to be a strong Christian teenager to be serving others. What a glorious example really of Philippians 3 and letting their salvation out. So thank you for this day. We want to pray for the castor lines and the daughters, which are still struggling with the, with this bacteria, that you have that help them have a great day, that their diet would, would help greatly in um, reducing these effects on their brains, and they'd be able to start thinking again clearly. I also want to pray for this young woman, Heather, that's been in the hospital, this really bad infection that has uh, brought her into... Uh, to a point where they, they, it was life-threatening. So we pray that it's today that they see a huge turnaround and that she'd be able to get better and get out of the hospital. So we lift her up as well. And just for the souls of people that were in church yesterday or are going to be hearing um, more on Wednesday, those that are in, in the church now, God, for your word to go out strong and transform lives, touch lives, save people, and encourage them to walk the walk. Thank you for a beautiful day. God, we pray for the podcast in the online online manner for breakfast that you would draw people in to hear your word that you would be the one ministering to them bringing them into a strong relationship with you so we thank you father we praise you in jesus name all right thank you bye-bye